preaching time. We're going to read a verse from Romans first. Romans 5 and 8. And uh, then for the rest of the morning, we will probably be in Luke 24. I'm going to do that thing where you read a verse at the beginning and then ignore it for the rest. spell out time on the verse we're going to read at the beginning, but this verse is the backbone of everything that we do and the whole point of today and uh, the whole point of this message, the whole point of us being here. So Paul sums it up pretty clearly. The point of Easter, and he says, Romans 5 and 8, but God commended his love toward us, or God showed his love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is what it's all about. Let's pray again before we get into this today. I know everyone knows or thinks they know what I'm going to preach about, which is the beauty of these calendar message type things. But let's just pray that God would speak to us um, through this story in a new way today. In Jesus' name, God, I worship you. I thank you, Jesus, for the cross, for Calvary. God, all that you've done, the price you paid, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would speak to us today afresh. In Jesus' name, God, let your word go forth with clarity. I pray, God, anoint our ears to hear your word. And I'm out to say it in Jesus' name. Let your will be done, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If you're awake, say amen. Something? Okay. I wasn't sure. You can sit down if you want. Oh, Romans 5 and 8. But God commanded his love toward us that in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, we've been the last, since Christmas, really, we've been um, going through the book of Luke. And we're almost through it, and we're going to be done soon today. We're in the last chapter. I might be able to get one more message out of this. We'll see. But... Um, I trust that you've read through it in the past month, and if you haven't, we've preached from it enough that you should be quite familiar with most of the stories, and yeah. at least some of them. Um, you probably read this story. If you were following along with our Bible reading this month, you would have read this um, this week. And Easter is, is one of those messages or services that should come easy to most normal people. But um, I don't know, I struggle. There's so many things that you can talk about. There's so many angles. There's so, many, there's so much that was accomplished. Um, and there's so little time. So, you know, although we read from Romans, we're going to stick to Luke for the rest of the, the message, I guess. And um, the best thing I can do today is just walk us through the story. And um, sometimes I feel a bit lately like an overdramatic storyteller. I don't know, but here we are. So we talked about on Wednesday how Jesus was on the cross and he's laid down his life and he paid the price for our sins and we know the story. He's taken it to the grave. Oh my word. He's taken it to the grave and he's, he's laid down his life for his friends like he said he would. And, and there's a man named Joseph of Arimathea and he's taken the body of Jesus. He's put it in his own grave. Uh, normally they would burn or dispose of the bodies of people that were crucified, but Joseph got there first, and you know, the reason why it had to happen, but Joseph got there, and he, he took the body, and he put it in his own tomb, and um, in between the, the time where Jesus died and was buried, there was a Sabbath day that happened, and, 
And so the Jewish folks, you know the rules, they can't do anything on the Sabbath, so uh, they, they just laid low for that day. And, and so the first thing Sunday morning, as soon as they were allowed, the, some of the ladies got together with some spices, um, some smelly devices, and some ointments, and they were going to the, the grave to prepare uh, the body of Jesus. That's what they did. The disciples, it seems, aren't doing much. They're just kind of hiding in a house somewhere, it looks like. But the ladies are working. Ain't that the way sometimes? You can laugh if you want. They're going to be mad. I don't know. Luke 24, 1 to 2. We'll pick up the story there. It says, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulcher bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them, and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. That word is not pronounced how it looks. They take the spices and the ointments and, uh, that they prepared, and early in the morning these ladies make their way to the tomb, and they bring some others with them, so there's this, this group of ladies um, going to the, the graveyard or the tomb, and and uh, there's another account, and Mary Magdalene gets there first. Um, so likely they're all walking together, and Mary's probably a bit ahead of them, because if you ever walked with a group of people, that's usually how it happens. One person's like, we're going, and everyone else is like, yeah, so look at this, and they're talking, and they're kind of hanging behind. So this is probably how it's going. Mary's probably ahead of them a bit, and the rest of them are kind of lollygagging about. And... Um, yeah, someone is usually more focused on where they're going. The others kind of like that leg behind a bit and talk. And so they're all traveling together. And when they get there, they find the stone, is, the stone has been rolled away and someone has moved the door to the tomb. And this is good because um, they needed to get in there. Uh, my brother-in-law told me it was like 7,000 pounds or something. A stone like this would have weighed. And so it wouldn't have been something easy to move for some, some of these ladies to get together and move it. I don't know. It would, probably would have been very easy. And but they get there and it's open. And, you know, that's one thing checked off the list. You know, they surely on their way they had been wondering how they were going to get to the body to anoint it or prepare it. And this is one step that's done. It's funny the other disciples didn't come with them to help them with the stone or anything. I don't know. But everything seems to be working out so far. You know, this has been taken care of for them. And uh, as sad as that is, this is a worry that's been lifted off them. It's also kind of weird. Why is it moved? Who moved it? You know, and verse 3, it says, They entered in, and we know it, we know it. But I'm talking from their perspective. Yeah. Who? Like, I know who moved it. But who moved it, right? When you show up, oh, it's open, that's cool. But why? And so they entered in, verse 3, and, and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. So these ladies... <laughs> these ladies do what any normal people would do when you go to a graveyard and a tomb's open they go inside <laughs> I mean that's that's why they came they, they came to anoint the body to prepare it to say one um, goodbye one more last goodbye and, and when it was open that's one step down so they, they go inside and they look for Jesus but they found him not he wasn't there and we, now we know what's happened you know where the story's going. But put yourself in their shoes for a minute. You know, you followed this teacher, as far as you know, 
for a few years. Some of these ladies, they have given their money to support him. Mary, um, some of the others, they've given their money to support Jesus and his, his disciples in their ministry. You've invested into this. You've, you've spent time and money and effort, and you just want to go say goodbye because this is over. This chapter is, is closed as far as you know, and you just want to say your goodbye and move on. But when you get to the graveyard, it's gone. There's no body there. Verse 4 says, And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, as they should be, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. So these ladies, they're a bit perplexed, the Bible says, and they're worried and they're a little bit upset. You know, where's Jesus? Where's his body? We came to do this thing. Now what are we going to do? You know, who took it? What are we going to do? What are we going to tell the other disciples when we see them? What if someone accuses us of taking it? What's going on here? Right? Think about it. They're probably panicking. They came here to have a nice morning. And morning, I'm full of puns today. They came here to, to mourn to prepare the body of their friend and their teacher to say their goodbyes and probably be home by lunchtime. That was, that was the plan. But he's gone and it gets worse. Behold, there are two guys in shiny clothes. That's just weird. What is going on? Imagine, imagine put yourself in their shoes or their sandals. You go to the, a graveyard and the tomb is open and the body of your loved one is gone. That's pretty wild. What was your reaction what would your reaction be? There's two guys standing there in shiny clothes. Nobody has shiny clothes. This isn't the 70s or the 80s. Everyone wears bland clothes, you know? There's no sequins or whatever. Like, this is not normal. What would your reaction be? Verse 5, it says, And as they were afraid, that's probably what I'd be like. I don't know about you. They bowed their faces to the earth and said to them, um, Why seek ye the living among the dead? So they were afraid. Obviously, this isn't supposed to be going on. This isn't supposed to be happening. And so they fall on their faces on the ground. They say, Don't hurt us. We didn't do anything. We just wanted to see Jesus one more time. We just wanted to take care of this one last thing. And the guys in the shiny clothes say, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? What? What are you guys talking about? He's dead. I saw him die. I was there. I saw it happen. What is going on? Verse 6 to 7, it says, He is not here, but risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. The angels say, He... He's not here. Jesus isn't here. He's risen. What? Remember what he told you in Galilee. What? The Son of Man has, has to be delivered to sinful men, crucified and raised on the third day. What? Like, can you just imagine? Put yourself in these ladies' shoes. What is going on here? It's just everything's just spinning. And you know, that's just... Don't you remember they said that? He said that this would happen in verse 8. And... And they remembered his words. Oh, yeah. I remember. Grief is weird like that. You remember certain things, but forget all kinds of other stuff. And Jesus told them at least three times 
in, in the book of Luke alone that he had to die. Um, but I mean, if someone tells you something like that, it doesn't really register, it doesn't really compute in, in your mind, and you kind of just push it to the side, like, yeah, okay, pal, sure. Tell us more about the farmers and the seeds and the, oh, what are you gonna die, okay? I mean, we all are, but whatever, just, just kind of ignore it. And the stranger, I think, sounds the less likely we will take it seriously and we dismiss it because it doesn't make sense to us. And I think that's what the disciples were. Jesus told them so many times and they're just like, yeah, moving on. He's talking about that again. How about this? Who's going to be the greatest? You know, and they would just change the subject. And what I find often with Jesus, those are the things that we need to hold on to. The weirder, the weirder it is, the more we should pay attention. And the angel said this, and they remembered his words, and it all comes flooding back, and everything they've been told, all the warnings, all the things that Jesus had taught to them, that they just kind of, yeah, we'll forget about that for now. And it all comes, comes flooding back, and it all starts to click in their minds. Jesus was alive. He had died, and we saw it, but he was alive. He's back. He's not here. He's, he's risen, and it all starts to make sense in their minds. And verse 9 says, They returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. So these ladies, they, they go to anoint their friend that's passed away and to preserve his body and, and say one last goodbye and pay their respects. But when they get there, he's not there, and these guys in shiny clothes are like, Oh, he's risen, and everything starts coming back. And, and it all clicks in their mind, and they go, they rush from the tomb, and they go back, and they tell the other 11 disciples, and everyone else, all the other disciples that were following him, they, they spread the word, and they're all kind of in mourning, waiting to see what to do. They've given their last three years of their life to this, and it's just been shattered, and what do you think the other disciples did? You know, these are ladies they, they know, and they've been with, and they... They've been supporting them. Like they've, you know, these ladies are, you know, crazy people off the street. These are friends. These are people they know. And a group of overly excited ladies show up in the morning going on that Jesus isn't in the grave. Yeah, right. We saw it. Verse 11 says, Their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. It seemed to the 11 and the others that these ladies were just a little worked up. And they're just telling some idle tales. They're just being foolish. They're just talking. And they didn't believe the woman. Again, isn't that just like a, like a man? You got the men just hiding, the ladies are out working and preparing the things that go to the body, and the men are like, yeah, I'm going to stay home. And then the ladies go, oh, he's alive. Yeah, right. You crazy girl. That didn't happen. And they dismissed it, except for, in this version, one guy, and the other version says there's two. But one runs faster, one gets through before the other. But in this version, verse 12 says, then arose Peter and ran to the sepulcher. And stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself and that which was come to pass. So Peter runs to the tomb. Peter, the one who we talked about a couple weeks ago that betrayed him, the one who had failed, and the one who denied Jesus, who had Jesus look at him when the rooster crowed and everything. He just went out and wept bitterly. Peter, that one, he, he 
there's some sense of hope that rises up in him that maybe these women are telling the truth and maybe he isn't dead and maybe he actually has risen and, and maybe there's, a, there's hope for me to be restored. And maybe this isn't over. Maybe they are telling the truth. And Peter, something happens in him and he says, I have to go see for myself. I need to know. Is he there or not? And there's some sense of hope rising in Peter. And so he, he runs and he checks it out and he sees that Jesus isn't there. And he goes home wondering, what a strange man. He doesn't, he just, huh. And he goes home. We're not going to talk about Peter. We're going to, I'm almost to my main point now. My main story. Now that you're all with me. We talked about him last week, but all this is to set this up. And this is what we're going to be focusing on. Verse 13. So Peter, Peter's gone home and is whatever. Jesus is, maybe he's risen. He's wondering about these things. And the word from the women that came back from the tomb, it's spreading amongst all the people that were following Jesus and the other disciples, not just the 11, but all the, the group. And um, in verse 13, it says, Behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three skir, score, three skir, furlongs. That's about seven miles, if you know your miles. We're about 11 kilometers. Which, if you're curious, is about the distance from here to Sobeys or Canadian Tire in Greenwood, if you're wondering. I wonder these things. And so, these two disciples that were there when the ladies came and told them that Jesus was alive on the same day, they go for a walk to Emmaus. Um, so two disciples are on their way to Sobeys and they're talking about the things that have happened. All the things going on, the stories that the ladies have told them uh, about Jesus dying. They're talking about that, about his body not being in the tomb, about the possible resurrection and all these stories swirling around, all these theories. People love a theory, don't they? They love a good theory, conspiracy or otherwise. They're fun to talk about. We'd rather not know the truth. We'd rather just talk about things. <laughs> I think about the story I find interesting is that they didn't go to the tomb to check it out. Peter and John did. But the rest of them, the other nine disciples, and then the whole crowd of them, they, the, why didn't everyone just go and check it out together? And, you know, it's very easy to confirm or deny the woman's story. If he's there, he is. If he isn't, well, then they weren't lying. It's very, like, I don't, I don't know. But I think, um, like most people, it's more interesting and fun to talk about something than actually know the truth. Right? No? It's more fun to discuss and debate about something than actually... Dig a little bit and find the truth. You'd rather, you know, you hear a juicy rumor. Instead of going to the person to find out if it's true, it's better just to speculate about it, right? It's more entertaining, no? We'd rather discuss and debate than look for the truth. People haven't changed. I think this is what's going on. You know, if they go and check it out, the women, women aren't lying and they aren't crazy, and then, well, that just opens up a whole other thing. We have to confront that. We have to deal with that. So they don't, I don't think they really wanted to know. Maybe. I don't know. That's my theory. 
Because once you know the truth, your opinions don't really matter. And that's, uh, we don't like that. It's a shot to our ego. And that got really heavy real quick, but. So two of these disciples, they're being humans. And they're discussing the events of the past days instead of confronting the truth and trying to find out. And, and Jesus shows up to them and starts walking with them. And the Bible says that it's kept from them that it's Jesus. They don't recognize him. And Jesus asks them, he says, what are you guys talking about? Why are you so sad looking? What's going on here? And as he's walking with them on the way to the Sobeys or Emmaus, he's walking with them. And verse 18 to 20, it says, And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass in these days? It's like, how, are you just, are you new here, pal? Like, do you not know what's happened? You don't know what's taken place the last couple of days? And and Jesus said to him, what things? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. Don't you know what's happened? I mean, it was dark for three hours. Where were you? Like, didn't you pay attention? What's going on? Are you a stranger here? Don't you know what's happened? Jesus was crucified. Our leaders put him to death. And how could you not know this? Everyone's talking about it. Are you new here? And then they deliver the line that I want to focus on. I know we've been in this 20 minutes or so. Maybe, I don't know. This is the main point. I guess. We're going to read it in the English Standard. What they said to Jesus. Verse 21. They said, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. And yes, besides in all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. They said, but we had hoped that Jesus was the one to redeem us. We had hoped that he was the one. We had hoped that he was the redeemer. We had hoped that he would save us. We had hoped that Jesus would bring us peace. We had hoped that he was the one that we were looking for, the one that we had waited for our whole lives. We had hoped that he was the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord. We had hoped that he was the one. And they said this to Jesus. It's just crazy. Unaware that he had, in fact, redeemed them. Unaware of the fact that he had paid the price, which was what redeeming is. You pay a price for a thing. That's what redemption is. For their sin, he had paid the price. But I just, we just hoped that he would be the one. They didn't realize what had happened. And they were still hoping and looking and searching for something. Even though Jesus was right there in front of them. Even though Jesus had risen, he had paid the price. And was accessible to them at that very moment. And people haven't changed. We are still looking for redemption. We are still looking for hope and peace and life. And people are looking for hope. They're looking for some relief. They're looking for some redemption, some deliverance from the sin that they find themselves in. In Bible school, we would every year we'd do this thing called Youth Corps and pretend we're in an army or something, I guess. And we would go to a town and we would knock on doors. And I love 
no, I don't. I just, we would do that. And, and the thing we would do, we would knock on the door and we would say, hey, we're just from this church. And uh, do you have anything we like, you'd like us to pray for? And if they did, we know, we okay, do you want us to follow up? And that's what, what we did. And, and most people that didn't shut the door in our face, most people would say, hey, just pray for peace in the world, right, for peace. That's what everyone wants. Everyone wants peace. That's what people are looking for. Everyone wants redemption. Everyone wants deliverance to be set free from the things they find themselves in. They want things to be made right, however they view that right as. But that's what people want. That's what people are looking for. They're looking for some sort of hope, especially right now with all of the negative stuff and fear and everything. People are looking for something for hope, and all the while, Jesus is right here. The peacemaker, the redemption giver, the hope bringer, he's here, and he is alive, and he is walking with us. He is what we need, he is what the world needs, he is what we've been looking for and hoping for and searching for. We hoped he, had, he would be the, the one, we hoped that he would redeem us. Jesus is that Redeemer. He is alive. Verse 22 to 24. Yea, and certain women, these are the guys still talking. Yea, certain women of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher, and they found not his body. And they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them that which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even as the women said. But him they saw not. And they said, these are some things that have been going on. These are some things that are being said. The women said this. Um, a couple other guys went and they said this. And we think this. And they started telling him all the things, all the while not realizing who he was. And they would rather stand there and debate. Is this true? Is that true? Is you know, this person said that, and I hear this, and these, these, you know, and these are disciples. These are people that follow Jesus. These are guys that have been following him, but they're, they're clueless. And yes, even disciples can be clueless. They were focused on everything going on. And people saying this, and people saying that, and what's true and what's not true. And again, people... We haven't changed. People are still the same. We like talking about all the things that are going on and who said this and said that and what's going on in this place and that place and what politicians saying this and what the rules are here and what the numbers are there. And all the while, we're focused on the wrong things. We debate everything online and, well, I don't know, this person says that, the government says this, the doctor says that, I think that, and... I've got my theories and blah, 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 blah. Nobody cares to look for anything else. All the while, the answer to life is available to us at any moment of the day. Jesus is alive and he's here. And we get so distracted by so many things, we miss Jesus and what he's done. And, oh, I hope if there's only some way that there could be peace. If there's only some way that we can have hope in the middle of all this stuff. If there's only something... All the while he's right there and we're just talking about all the other things and all the other stuff. 
Not realizing, even disciples can do it. Not realizing that Jesus is the answer and he is there and he is alive. Trust that whenever you're ready. Luke 24, 25 to 26. I know this isn't their regular Easter message, but this is what we're at. He said to them, oh fools. I almost titled this, oh fools. I didn't. I was tempted. Jesus said to these disciples, he said, oh fools and slow of heart to believe that the prophet, to believe all that the prophets have spoken, yet ought not Christ to have suffered these things and entered into his glory. He said, you fools, you should have known better. These things needed to happen. Don't you listen. You listen to all this other stuff. You listen to the stories and the rumors and the gossip and all these other things. Why don't you listen to what the prophet said? Why don't you listen to what I've said? Why don't you listen to the word? Whew. Listen to all this other stuff and you can't make up your minds. Listen to the prophets. Listen to the word of God. <laughs> and then Jesus shows them all the things in the scriptures that confirm everything that, that's happened. And eventually... If you read the rest of the story, their eyes are open and they know who he is. And they, they walk, uh, it's about two to, it takes about two to three hours to get there. And they walk to Emmaus and they, they eat and they figure out who Jesus is. And he disappears. And they walk all the way back to Jerusalem. Even though it was late. You know, they, they convinced Jesus to stay and eat with them because it's getting dark and it's not safe to go out at night. We've talked about this before. It's not really safe to travel at night in these areas. They didn't have street lights and, you know, lights. It's dark. People get robbed and hurt. and It's really, you don't travel much at night. But yet, you know, even though it was late, they probably shouldn't be traveling at night. They, they go back to Jerusalem. None of that stuff matters now. The theories don't matter. The, um, their safety doesn't matter. All that things that we would normally worry about don't matter because they've seen Jesus. And he showed up to them. None of that matters now because Jesus is alive. And there's something that happens to us when we realize that. That Jesus is alive. And I know we, we hear it and we every year we celebrate it and we... We have little pictures of tombs and everyone shares things on Facebook and verses and you know we sing the songs and we 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 know this but when we realize it we don't just talk about it, when you experience it there's a hope that comes there's a rearranging of priorities these guys they were risking everything to go back to Jerusalem they didn't wait till the morning they, you know, they didn't really talk so much about what other people were saying anymore. Their priorities changed. When we realize that and we get a revelation of the fact that Jesus is alive, it, it rearranges our priorities. Our lives are different. We do things differently. And when they heard that he was alive, you know, they'd heard it from others. It was kind of in their head. They were talking about it. But, but when it clicked, when their eyes were open, when they saw Jesus, there was a change. They weren't worried that it was dark now. They had to go tell someone else, Jesus is alive. And this is our response to Easter. Tell the others, Jesus is alive. This should be our response to the fact that Jesus is alive. Someone else 
needs to know. This is what's important now. Not what people are saying. Not about my safety or the darkness of the night. This is what's important. People need to know that Jesus is alive. That's what causes people to start churches, to go to foreign countries, to risk everything. Jesus is alive. And these people need to know. And when we realize that, we get it in our heart. There's a change that happens. Our priorities are changed. And when we share the resurrection with others, Jesus shows up and he confirms it. Verse 45 to 48, they open, then open he their understanding. So these disciples, they go back to where all the others are and they say, hey, we saw him. He is alive. We saw Jesus. And as they're telling them the story, Jesus shows up in the midst of them too, which is incredible. When we share the resurrection, Jesus shows up and he backs it up. Then Jesus opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses to these things. And Jesus explains everything to them. And he says the whole point of this whole thing was what? That repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem, which will lead to, familiar with Luke, Acts is Luke part two. And it leads right into the book of Acts. And he said, you are witnesses. And so, on the Easter story, it's a great story. I bet if they made a movie, I bet it would be a blockbuster. It's a great story, but what are we going to do with it? The whole point of Jesus dying on the cross, the whole point of him being buried, the whole point of him resurrecting is for people, he said, to repent and have their sins remitted. And we know if we keep reading into the book of Acts, it's through the baptism in, in the name of Jesus. So we'll see in Acts 2. And for us to be witnesses of this, the reaction of everyone that found the tomb empty was to tell someone else. That's what they did. It says Peter went home, but the guys were talking about what Peter saw too. So he's told someone. The reaction of everyone was to tell someone else. The reaction of the disciples on the road to Emmaus once they realized that Jesus was alive was to go and tell someone else. And our reaction to hearing that Jesus has paid the price for our sins, that he has risen from the dead, is repentance and baptism in his name. And to tell someone else, those are your options. If you want a third option, it would be to deny it. And that's not a good road to take. But that's what we're supposed to do with this story. Repentance applies his death to our lives. Sin dies. Sin is rejected. Baptism applies his burial. And after receiving the Holy Ghost, applies the, the resurrection. This is how it all comes together. And once we've experienced that, we better be sharing it with someone else. He is alive. And I've come here this morning to tell you again that Jesus is alive. Now what is our response? If you've never experienced the salvation, you can experience it today. You want to be baptized in his name? We can do that. You want to repent and put that sinful life to death, the past behind that. Do you want the resurrection power in your life? He can fill you with his spirit today. 
If you've experienced that, it's our job to share it with someone else. You're going to share it, you're going to reject it. Well, that's my Easter message. Let's stand. If you want to be baptized, you can let me know after. We'll get that taken care of. If you want to repent, now is the time. If you want to be filled with the Spirit. All you got to do is repent and ask Him. Let Him work. I know this is a story we are very, very familiar with. We've experienced the resurrection. If you haven't, you can experience it today. But, but if you have, it's our job and it's our responsibility to share that with someone else. Let's pray this morning that God would help us with that and He would we would get some sort of revelation and how important this actually is. And like those disciples on the road to Emmaus, you know what? It doesn't matter what everyone else is saying anymore. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. Jesus is alive. No one to tell someone else about it. So let's, we're going to sing a song. Let's just pray. Let's thank him for, for this time. Let's, let's pray that he would use us and lead us to, to be those witnesses that we, we should be in that. If you want to repent today, we can. If you want to be baptized, let us know. We'll get that taken care of. Let's just pray together this morning as we sing Jesus in this fun place today we pray hallelujah in Jesus name